Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast. This is Jason Gewurz, the editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and today's guest is Michael Dulst, the founder of Super League Triathlon, a UK-based sports organization that has plans to bring its unique and innovative concepts of triathlon here to the United States. We'll be talking about the company's recent acquisition of the Malibu Triathlon, its first U.S.-based race, the league's plans to expand its professional series to a stop in Tempe, Arizona, as well as a new arena concept for the sport that had a successful debut in Europe last year despite the pandemic. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Tempe Tourism Office. Tempe, Arizona has a long history of hosting the best in sports, including the Super Bowl, Cactus League, Spring Training, and Arizona State University Athletics. With sunny weather year-round, Tempe has also become a popular destination for triathlons, marathons, and youth tournaments. As a result of the pandemic, the city of Tempe and its hospitality community have protocols in place to ensure the safety and well-being of both residents and visitors. With more than 6,000 guest rooms and easy access to Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, Tempe is an ideal southwestern city for your upcoming sporting events. To start the planning process, visit teamtempe.com or contact James Tavolt at 480-305-1365. And now, on to the conversation. All sports need innovators to push their profile to the next level, and in triathlon, one of those innovators is Super League Triathlon. The race series was founded in 2016 by Michael Dulst of Belgium, alongside four-time triathlon world champion Chris McCormick and Russian tech investor Leonid Boguslavsky. For Dulst, the inspiration and interest in the sport came after seeing fellow Belgian Luke Van Leerde win the Ironman Triathlon in Hawaii in 1996. While Ironman events have been a staple of the sport for years, uh, recent years have seen a push toward shorter, more accessible distances in the sport, both for professionals and for age group participants who want to give the combo of swimming, biking, and running a try. Triathlon has been an Olympic sport since 2000, uh, featuring the sport shorter distance of the sport with a 1,500-meter swim, a 40-kilometer bike ride, and a 10-kilometer run. And Super League Triathlon has taken that distance even shorter in its events in an effort to make the competition more appealing to spectators and a potential television viewing audience. Uh, They've also whipped up innovations like the short shoot, which is basically a shortcut on the course that can be earned by winning different stages of the event. And it seems to be catching on. In 2020, Super League Triathlon had planned to host its first event in the United States in Tempe, Arizona, which is a hotbed for the sport. But the pandemic put a wrench in the schedule, as it did for nearly every event organizer in every sport. But late in the year, uh, Dulst and his team made an interesting announcement that Super League was acquiring the Malibu Triathlon in California, which has been a staple of short-form triathlon racing for years. Uh, now the organization has plans to increase its presence in the United States, which we'll discuss on this episode. And it also continues to innovate, announcing a partnership last year with Zwift to produce the Arena Game an indoor version of triathlon that had participants competing in a swimming pool and on exercise bikes and treadmills with data collected at each leg to determine the ultimate winner. It's a concept that may open up all kinds of hosting opportunities in the future, even for cities without a viable lake or ocean. In this conversation, we'll discuss all those concepts, uh, the future of the sport, and what 2021 may have in store for the sports event industry. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Michael Duels, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thank you, Jason. Great to have uh, for having me. 
it's nice to connect with you. We've been following Super League Triathlon from a distance in sports travel over the last couple of years as you've built your organization and its events uh, largely overseas. But I know you had plans to enter the U.S. market, and we'll be talking specifically about uh, one move you made recently in California to acquire the Malibu Triathlon. So uh, there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, but, Michael, I thought we'd start with some background on you. We're going to be talking, obviously, about triathlon today. But before we get into Super League Triathlon, let's start with how you got interested and involved in the sport in the first place uh, of course jason uh, it's it's a it's a long story spread over uh, over many decades uh, but I'm, I'm originally from belgium uh, and uh, in 1997 i think it was the first uh, european athlete to win ironman hawaii was from belgium and uh, belgium obviously has a had historically already a, 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 quite a keen interest in, in endurance sports with cycling uh, then we transferred that into triathlon, and, and basically Luc van Lier, the winning Ironman Hawaii, inspired a lot of Belgians, including myself, to pick up the sport of triathlon. So I, I, I was participant participant in the sport in, in the late 90s. Uh, at that time, still at university, finished my university, and on the back of university, went and worked for a, a company called Volkswagen, so automotive industry, who sent me to China, and, and I did a couple of years, ten years, I think, in China with Volkswagen before then taking a sabbatical and wanting to go back to to a passion of mine, which was always uh, the sports and, and the sport of triathlon specifically. So, um, yeah, at that time, that was around yeah, 2009, 2010, probably set myself the goal to qualify for Ironman Hawaii, so the Ironman World Championships for age groupers. It was uh, achieved that, but in the meantime, also got, got busy in the sport again and, and started to organize races, uh, uh, consult with uh, consult with different people within the sport, etc., etc. And from that time, started growing basically in, in the sport that I love and, and, and see uh, how I could be part of it and, and bring a little bit of change to it also, right? And, and through my involvement in the sport, I met uh, my co-founder of Super League, uh, Chris McCormack, who is a four-time world champion. I think he won Hawaii twice, but in the professional division, and yeah, we started exchanging on 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 all the potential that the sport had. I mean, it's obviously still a very young sport, triathlon. Yeah, it start, came into the Olympics in 2000 in Sydney, and say, okay, what can we do? What can, what more can we do with the sport? And 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 and, and it's through those conversations that we 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 came up with with the concept of of Super League. So, but my journey is is one that came out of passion. I then uh, was in business for a while, and and then ended up back in sport out of passion and I've been doing that for now a little over 10 years. Excellent. Well, let's transition into what you've created here with Super League Triathlon. You alluded to it there when you talked about innovation and changes in the sport. For those of our audience who are not familiar with Super League Triathlon, what's your best description of the types of events that you're organizing in this series? Well, it's 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 a it's triathlon but for spectators. Uh, I I think in my opinion, uh, triathlon obviously started in, in, in the, the late seventies, grew in the in the eighties, and and then boomed in, in the nineties. And it, it boomed on the back of some extraordinary people competing, uh, like iconic races. I'm thinking Iron Wars, Dave Scott, uh, and uh, Mark Allen. So, but and, and then my personal motivation to start triathlon, uh, Luke van Lierden, fellow countryman. So. I believe sport drives is driven by heroes. 
I think what we've seen now with triathlon is that on the back of these of these heydays in triathlon in, in the 90s, it's it's these heroes has phased out a little bit and it's become very much a, a participation sport. Partly, partly also because the iron distance race to cover it excitingly on on, on broadcast is 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 fairly difficult of course right so that's obviously a very long event yeah a very very long event so we looked at the sport and we say okay how can we i mean and since then since since ironman and uh, the long distance is also transitioned to become an olympic sport which is still a two-hour e- event so we said okay how can we make it more spectator friendly so we we created formats which are less predictable uh, in an ironman or even an olympic distance it, it's very much a running race right because the running is the last leg of the sports swim bike run the last leg of the sport so we said okay and so therefore the runners are always kind of have the best chances so we thought okay how let's let's stick with swim bike and run but not necessarily in that order let's compress it into an hour broadcast so an hour race and let's create formats that mix the that's mix it up again a little bit so it's not always swim bike run in that order but also sometimes in different orders than catering for the stronger biker or the stronger swimmer um so that that was the whole idea, and then obviously thinking, okay, today with social media, with digital play, with also the attention spans which are becoming shorter, you need that, that intensity, you need this unpredictableness, you need that faster moving, more tense and intense uh, aspect. So that's yeah, that's the main idea about about Super League triathlon. And so, are your racers all professional athletes, or are there age group components as well for people who want to give it a shot? The races are predominantly professional we we tend to have a as an event organizer it's it's centered around the professional race which is strictly professional we do it on very tight circuits so let's say an 800 meter to a one kilometer loop so it's yeah you we build like stadiums in the middle of the city it's not as disruptive as a as a as an ironman which is well 200 some 100 something kilometers right um, so it's very short and tight. Therefore, these courses typically don't lend themselves well to, to age groupers. But now uh, with COVID, uh, we've also, and in partnership with, with Zwift, we've actually delivered uh, a format that is that is probably more accessible for age groupers. But if you, if you talk about events, our, the centerpiece of our events is, is professional racing. We have, we have uh, athletes on the contract. We have uh, 40 athletes on the contract, which is typically... But all the Olympic medalists of the last couple of of Olympics, the world champions, uh, according to the ITU, etc. So it's 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 the best of the best uh, in short distance and middle distance racing that we have on the contract, and they race in our events, and our events are built as a series. So this year we we're looking at five events. They will be relatively back to back, and it's the same athletes racing at every event, similar to Formula One. They're racing for an overall leaderboard and then a, a prize purse at the end of, of, of the season. So that is the concept. But again, around these events, we obviously create multiple activities. The, the, the professional event is the centerpiece, but then around that we have corporate, uh, corporate races, we have youth and junior races. Now in collaboration with Zwift, we, we do some form of age group racing also. Uh, so there, it becomes more of a festival of, of multi-sport around it. But it's... Again, our key focus point here is to to be different. We want to be in in, in the city centers uh, where the people are, right? So we, we've created formats that are that are a lot less disruptive than your typical, say, Olympic distance, full distance, or half distance uh, Ironman. 
And Michael, what are you typically looking for in a host destination as you're looking for an ideal location for these events? Are you looking for a scenic backdrop or are you looking for something that lends itself uh, to a good course? Is it a mix of all those things? What's that conversation like on your end? Yeah, it's it's a bit of it's a bit of a mixture. Uh, I mean, for us, it's uh, we we like to think of ourselves as 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 storytellers, right? And obviously, the 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 main actors in, in that story are the athletes, but but they 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 sit in, in an environment that environment is is obviously the the venue. So yeah, it it, it it's we'd like to be somewhere iconic and that that resonates so for example we have an event in in, in jersey uh, jersey is small islands between uh, france and germany so yeah when we are there we have we have a race that is in the main city in jersey but it also showcases uh, some of the castles and some of the history around around the event which is directly there in the camera shot by drone right uh, and then we shoot content with the athletes being there so we try to to create a mixture between uh, the environment where the racing is but then also focusing on creating race courses which are uh, probably if you compare it with cycling more closer to a criterium style right so very uh, let's say tight technical creating a bit of drama because of its technicalities so we're also looking for that ideal race course but but we find it's with most hosts, we've been able to work to to find a nice compromise between showcasing something that the host wants us to show and then that that they want to stand for, and and then also creating an exciting race course that then that then motivates great and spectacular racing. Right. Now, we may not have as many great castle backdrops for you in the United States, but there are plenty of destinations here that have a lot to offer. I know you were planning to have an event this year in Tempe, Arizona, which is a big triathlon market in the United States. And like all event organizers, uh, your schedule was heavily impacted by everything that happened this past year with COVID. But talk for a bit about why that was going to be your launch market for your professional series in the U.S. market. Yeah, yeah. So indeed, Arizona, indeed, it's 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 a bit of a modern hotbed of of the sport. So and and it's also a, a city and and a host that that promotes to promotes uh, the sport a lot, right? So we uh, yeah we were very keen to have our first race there. Obviously, COVID uh, pr- uh, yeah, disrupted these plans a little bit. Um, we are actually about to go live with reopening and uh, reopening registrations, um, and that that will be. Uh, our first race in, in in the US, which we're obviously very excited about. Uh, this this race is actually we call it a regional, so it's it's not necessarily part of the championship series, but it it gives the that it, this is more focused on the participation. So it gives the the mass participation, the age groupers part to to test the the super league formats and and uh, and what they stand for, right? So this flexibility of swimming biking and running not necessarily in that order right so that's indeed that's what it that's what in the pipeline and i I think we are going to open registration in the next couple of weeks and what's your plans michael before we get into the news we talked about at the front end with malibu what are your thoughts about the u.s market and what are your plans here is is one race the right number for you or would you consider doing more down the road when the series expands yeah, I think we we are definitely very uh, we definitely see a, gr- a lot of potential in the United States, um, but we also we also understand that the United States currently is very much of a, a long course participation market. Uh, I would say Europe Ironman is obviously also very very popular here, but Europe still has a lot of short short course racing and and still has a lot of short course talent and and a lot of focus on 
on on the Olympic sport as such, right? Which is it's obviously a little bit closer to what we do uh, than than Ironman. I I see in US um, the the shorter distance racing have have disappeared a lot, and and a lot has been taken over by Ironman. So I think in in US we have a bit of a task to make short distance cool again, <laughs> and, and really. Uh, inspire that. I mean, the US has some has some great short course athletes, uh, has uh, Olympic uh, uh, gold medalist from Rio with Gwen Jorgensen. I think also now with Tokyo, uh, one of the favorites for the women's field is is, is from the US. But I think in the, in the public eye, uh, tri- a short course triathlon has 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 disappeared a little bit. So. Um, I think it's, there's a fantastic future, but there's first also a little bit of a hurdle uh, to jump and to make to make short course cool again. Um, yeah, and and we want to do that with with an event where where there's still hotbeds. So that's that's why we say okay, Tempe is a great location, and then obviously uh, a Malibu Triathlon is 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 the is is the big one for us. Before we continue, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Tempe Tourism Office. Tempe, Arizona has a long history of hosting the best in sports, including the Super Bowl, Cactus League, Spring Training, and Arizona State University Athletics. With sunny weather year-round, Tempe has also become a popular destination for triathlons, marathons, and youth tournaments. As a result of the pandemic, the city of Tempe and its hospitality community have protocols in place to ensure the safety and well-being of both residents and visitors. With more than 6,000 guest rooms and easy access to Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport, Tempe is an ideal southwestern city for your upcoming sporting events. To start the planning process, visit teamtempe.com or contact James Tavolt at 480-305-1365. And now, back to the conversation. So let's talk for a moment about Malibu. In November, Super League Triathlon announced it was acquiring that triathlon, which has been a standard for the Malibu area for years. What was your interest there, and how do your plans there fit in with what you've been talking about with regard to the Super League Triathlon series? Uh, well, it's 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 ex- it's exactly what I said before, right? So we're recognizing that that short distance is. Is is not as popular anymore as it used to be in, in the US. And so we, when we were strategizing and saying, okay, we want to go to the US, and especially with a professional event, what what is what is our what is the best way to do it? Is it building up a, a greenfield race, going to something new and and build that up, or or do we go with an acquisition? And then when the the, the Malibu triathlon presented itself as an opportunity, we thought, okay, this is this is a very this is very unique. It's it's been around for 34 years. Uh, it's it's always been one of the biggest short distance uh, triathlons. It's been run very very well. It's been very popular. Uh, it's retained a high participation over the years. It also has a, a great uh, a great charity cause that has been backing successfully over the years with raising millions of dollars every year for charity. Plus, it also has this link to the entertainment industry because there's a big corporate participation element that engages a lot of the Hollywood studios, etc. Right. So. And historically, you have big uh, Hollywood names who have participated in the triathlon, right? So we thought, okay, this is very much a unique opportunity for if Super League wants to position itself. It's obviously strong in Europe. We have we have a good presence in Asia, but coming new into the US and starting to build from the ground up independently is probably very difficult. So uh, we saw this as a great opportunity to to kind of take it as a, as a, as a springboard to to catapult much quicker into the US market and and get a lot of traction and visibility quickly now obviously 
coming in. We want to be we we want to be respectful, and we we don't want to change the Malibu triathlon as such, right? The Malibu triathlon is an icon in the sport, and that should continue. So the Malibu triathlon will continue to have its well, its its classic distance, its sprint distance that that's always been there. So it it won't lose its identity. Uh, we just want to add on the extra entertainment of Super League professional racing. And again, as I said before, it's one hour of men and one one hour of women racing and introduce that to, well, uh, in California where there's still a, a big, a big, big triathlon market, right? So it's bringing them together without actually taking, we're not planning to take away any of the identity of of, uh, of the Malibu triathlon. If we would even looking at, okay, how can we continue to, to grow, grow that and possibly put a little bit of a new push in it with, with some creative thinking. Right. Now, was that a unique situation or are there other potential races you'd be looking at for a similar model here in the U.S. that might be of interest to you? Uh, definitely, definitely. Uh, although, I mean, <laughs> all depends a little bit on, on, on COVID-19, of course, right? I mean, we, we are talking about events and obviously COVID-19 has decimated 2020. Um, sure. We, we we have done some some cool stuff. Uh, I mentioned it briefly before. We we had a part. We have a partnership with Zwift, where we created kind of the first blended events. Um, well, I which wanted is to a, ask you about that as well. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, indeed. So I I, I do see. I for us, depending on how twenty twenty pans out, and I am very optimistic. Based in London, we already start vaccinating people, so I'm very optimistic. But I still think. Yeah, it will probably take uh, six months to get the event industry back running. So realistically, for 2021, I see yeah, Tempe going. I see then later in the year uh, Malibu going, and uh, I can see further growth probably in in 2022. Right? I, I think it will take a little bit of time to to get everything uh, back uh, in order and making and making sure that. That also the participants, the spectators, everybody has the confidence back in the events, right? So yeah, I, I, I want to grow further. I, I, I see massive potential, but again, I think we need a bit of time to to get the industry back to normal uh, in, in 2021 first. Right. So we've talked just briefly about this concept that you had with Zwift. That was an event you did called the Arena Games. And for those who are not familiar with it, what was happening there? Was that born out of COVID-19 or was that something you were working on anyway as another innovation in the sport? Well, it's it's uh, the, the idea was born just before COVID-19 when, uh, I mean, because there was a, a joint presentation of, of UCI, the, so the cycling governing body uh, and Zwift who were talking about their first uh, Zwift uh, world championships. So the first rainbow jersey for a virtual, for a virtual rider. And that inspired me. I said, okay, if we are the innovative brand in triathlon, then we are the first one to have to do a virtual triathlon as such. That was in the ID late 2019. Obviously, at that time, a long-term goal. But then, indeed, um, yeah, COVID-19 kind of fast-tracked that. And we set ourselves the goal, okay, let's make it happen now, right? We, we, we picked up the conversations with Zwift. They were open and supportive of the ID. And, indeed, in, in uh, August this year, we were actually the first professional triathlon of the year, I would, uh, I would think, where some of the top athletes from the ITU and, and some of the, uh, even the Ironman world champion, um, Anna Hawk, participated in, in a, I call it a blended event. So the event took place in a stadium, obviously no spectators in the stadium. We had uh, athletes who were swimming in the pool, socially distanced, and then we had set up 
uh, treadmills and bikes separately, again, with a distance in between. And the, so the athletes swam in the pool, run and bike on a treadmill, and the run and the bike was done in the virtual world of Zwift, right? So the ultimately the, the, the product that went out to the to the audience was, was a television product, uh, which gave a stream, a blended feel of, of avatars and real-life emotions. And uh, because we were using Zwift, we also had a lot of access to data, right? So we could show what is the heart rate, what is the speeds, what are the powers, what, what is happening here. So it was a, a very intense, very immersive experience for spectators or viewers on online or on television. It was globally broadcasted. And, and yeah, we got great feedback on that. And I think that concept... We, we pushed it out. Uh, it was it was it was great. We collaborated with Rotterdam, who wanted to promote itself as a, as a city for innovation. But on the back of it, yeah, I think it has massive potential because again, it's triathlon completely different than in a stadium. Once COVID is is, is past us, right? Uh, I think we can create a, a a great experience for fans to really be immersive because all the data we can portray and and the, see the emotions. Uh, but also create a great show with with spectators. So I'm very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I agree. That's an interesting concept. And the thought of people being in the arena yeah. while it happened is intriguing yeah. as well. Uh, the other nice part of that, of course, is you can take that to just about any destination, whether they have an appropriate lake or ocean to swim in. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so that, that's the thing that I, that I, I, I particularly thought about about uh, the U.S. also f- for that, right? Because indeed you could ma- migrate a nice roadshow of events. It, it also allows it up to to open it up for for mass participation as such. So yeah, uh, I think it has great potential. Right, you just have to get that swimming pool to each destination. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You talked about Ironman before. Obviously, they have a large number of events, but it's not just Ironman, particularly in the United States. Uh, USA Triathlon sanctions thousands of events throughout the country every year. Uh, Is that difficult to think about as you look at the triathlon calendar? I mean, this must be an issue worldwide, but it's one here in the United States as well. Uh, For those who want to participate or even spectate in a triathlon, there are a lot of options each weekend here. Uh, Indeed, it is. It's definitely a challenge. We have a we have a memorandum of understanding with with the ITU, which is the governing body of the sport, um, and and obviously we we communicate with with the diff, the different governing bodies in the uh, or national federations in in the different countries to coordinate. Right? There's two things here. One is 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 the events like in Tempe where we go specifically after mass participation as such. Right? So there therefore we have to kind of consider what is the what is the calendar of events in in, in Tempe, but also in in, the, in surroundings to make sure that we don't clash? That that is one challenge. The other challenge is obviously on our championship series to avoid any other major triathlon. Um, and and there are the, the biggest challenges is is the ITU. The ITU has a has a world triathlon series, which is basically the feeder into the Olympics. And yeah, to avoid date clashes there. But okay, we have an open conversation and. Uh, yeah, for the moment, this works out very, this is very smooth, right? We want to orga- organize our events, as I said before. It's, it's, a, it's a circus that travels from destination to destination with the same number of athletes. So a little bit like Formula One, but I very much believe in, in, the, in, the, in the Super Bowl model where we have events back to back to back. I think triathlon as a sport, is, is, as a spectator sport, is still emerging, right? And, and we are contributing to that. That's, that's our big drive. So 
if you want to if we want to engage the wider sports fans uh, it's important that we have that continuity and they're back to back so because okay one person will see it one weekend and then it's on again the next weekend uh, currently triathlon the wts as a professional sport how they they organize it it's there's one event let's say here and then the next event is a month later which works well for sport for triathlon fans because okay they go by by the appointment and the calendar but for a wider sports fan they lose track right so i think okay if everybody knows okay september is for example a super league triathlon and i will watch it every weekend we can have a lot more impact and it's a lot more focused on that on that spectator so basically our commitment to the sport and our commit and, and our arrangement to with with the national federations and including the the governing body is is to say okay we want to we want to have our events in that time frame and 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 that's it and then beyond that we obviously have conversations with the different stakeholders and and those conversations yeah typically happen many months in advance michael we've talked about the olympics a bit they do a shorter version than a full ironman but a longer version than what you're doing with super league triathlon yeah. what are your thoughts about the importance of it uh, being on that stage every four years in terms of growing more awareness of the sport in general i mean obviously the olympics gathers all kinds of sports fans whether they're interested in a particular sport or not uh, they get exposure to yeah. those sports there uh, you know, if nowhere else, has that been crucial? Do you think for the growth of the sport, and does it remain so for it to be on the Olympic program? Uh, I, it has been crucial for the sport, and I think, and I think the the ITU, ITU has has done has done a great job with it. Uh, I, okay, it's it's a very young sport in two thousand, uh, as I said, born born late seventies, grown in the eighties, but uh, but in two thousand it was for the first time in the Olympics, which well is also extremely fast after its kind of inception mm-hmm. um, and and since since the 2000 olympics now in, in 20, 2021 not 2020 but in 2021 mm-hmm. we would have for the first time also seen an extra medal before it was the olympic distance men and women and now we will see for the first time also a, a mixed relay so the i think the international governing body has done a great job at, at continuing to grow the sport and and adding new medals to it uh, and, and they continue to do that. Uh, I, I dare to say that they've looked at the success of Super League and they were even suggesting to uh, include an eliminator, which is one of our formats, uh, also to the mix and present and suggested that for Paris. I think I don't think it's accepted for Paris. But yeah, in LA, we might see the, the first eliminator. So I think there's a general... The, the governing body is driving that forward, but there's also a general understanding that yeah, to to engage these wider audiences... What Super League is doing, the shorter, sharper formats, is is is, is what is going to do that, right? So, uh, and I think yeah, the sport as such is is doing great. Well, Michael, in the time we have left, you, you touched on it a bit, but I'm curious to get your take on what 2021 holds. Uh, vaccinations are coming. I think everyone is hopeful that the event industry will start to come back after what, of course, has been uh, the most difficult year anyone can remember. Uh, as you look at your own organization and the event industry as a whole, what are your thoughts about what 2021 has in store? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one, right? I, I, I was on the phone call with with some uh, some guys at the USAT even uh, last week, and they were saying, okay, they see they're, they're tracking participation and they're doing some surveys, getting uh, getting to under, getting to understand what the people what people what the participants want, right? And and what they see is that everybody is very very keen to participate, but there's still a little bit of a, a reluctance to sign up for any events because they don't know uh, will they happen, will they be safe, right? So. USAT was telling me of events that uh, 
that typically would get thousands of or a thousand registration in the first weeks of, of opening registrations. That doesn't happen now. And, and then you have event organizers kind of starting to panic. Okay, does it make sense? But then at, at the last minute, when the when the um, when the participant is is convinced that it will happen and they will not uh, the event won't be cancelled, then suddenly they 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 sign up in bunch, right? So there is this this new let's say consumer behavior that we need to anticipate a little bit. Uh, for Super League Triathlon, as I said, we have we have created this um, this Arena Games concept, which uh, was very successful in Rotterdam. We are looking at doing uh, two more of, of of two more Arena Games in, in some new and exciting venues in the in, in the Q1 Q2 uh, 2021. Because I'm still a little bit conservative about how how things will progress. We are yeah, Tempe will Tempe will come back on. Uh, probably late later in Q3, and then yeah, we are planning our our championship series of which Malibu is one in September, going into October, uh, and and I hope by then, yeah, we the confidence is 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 back there. Uh, we will have both participants and, and 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 spectators back into full swing. So I'm quite optimistic that by Q3, let's say after the Olympics, uh, hopefully they happen we'll be back, right? But it will take a bit of time. Uh, so I wouldn't say that 2021 will be a normal year for sure not. Well, here's hoping that some of your predictions here are correct and we start to turn a corner in uh, 2021. We'll be watching you and, and your organization with great interest, uh, particularly as you head uh, here into the United States. Uh, you have some great concepts between the arena games and everything else that you're trying to innovate in the sport. So uh, good luck to you and your team. And uh, we should definitely stay in touch as you proceed along. Uh, thank you, Jason. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which also features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gewertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.